Greet you in the name of Jesus this morning. <clears throat> One of the prophets of the Old Testament that I enjoy reading is Ezekiel. And uh, Ezekiel was a prophet of the exile under the Babylonians, which began under King Nebuchadnezzar between 598 and 586 BC. And uh, he was the son of Buzai, and his ministry spanned about 22 years. He was a priest and so would have been familiar with the temple and all went on there. And as a young man, he would have seen the effects that uh, of King Josiah's reforms, and then they're being or coming to nothing after his death. And he also probably would have met with a lot of the high-ranking officials of his day and probably even the king himself. And I think he was married, and it seems that his wife died when Nebuchadnezzar laid siege to Jerusalem. It's just some of the background on Ezekiel. He probably was still mourning his wife's death when the armies of Babylon marched into the city in about uh, 587 to 586 BC. And soon after that, he was exiled to Babylon with many others. And uh, in his um, time, his time of prophecy, God gave him many interesting visions and messages to the people different interesting things. What's the first one that comes to your mind, someone, when you think of Ezekiel, a vision of Ezekiel? Valley of Dry Bones. Right, the Valley of Dry Bones. Any more? Spinning Wheels. Spinning Wheels. I think those are probably the two that we think of first. Anyway, here, one day, God speaks to Ezekiel. He was, I think Ezekiel was feeling um, depressed, down, wondering what was going to happen next. And God showed him a vision. You can turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. This vision that God showed him here was this valley full of dry bones. And these weren't just any bones, animal bones or whatever you might think of when we think of a desert or whatever and think of bones, probably we think of animal bones. But this was a valley full of human bones, dry bones, the vision that he saw. I think we'll uh, take time to read these verses now, verses Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. And the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. 
Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, and they, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dead, and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall ye know that I the Lord have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. <clears throat> so you have this valley that he was brought to, or this vision that he saw of this valley, where these dry bones were lying there. They were dry because they had lain exposed for a considerable time. This could well have been debris of a battle, great battle that took place there, probably was what happened. And then God says to him, Son of man, can these bones live? I think if we would be asked that question, our I mean, first, I mean, that first response would be, well, no, they can't live. If they're scattered like that, dried out, in other words, he's asking, can this carnage of death, can this expanse of waste, can it be reversed? Can those who are lying disjointed and without life, can these victims of this catastrophe be brought back to life? God was questioning him about this, and this was a physical valley of bones that he was seeing here, or physical bones. But this is a picture of our nation that we live in today. I think, and in particular, also many churches of our time. Valleys of dry bones, death and uh, waste and destruction. There are people who have gone to church and have made some forms of commitment, but when troubles come, Maybe they have at first struggled for a while and then lay down to rest, never to get up again. Many times people maybe, when they start 
start to dry up or run out of gas, they become dried out, parched, and uh, life goes out. Many times for people, for us maybe at times, we can feel that in, our, in ourselves, that we have lost our first love. We have lost that drive for our Christian walk. Maybe we can feel that we are withering. We are losing that life, a vital life within us. So here in this time, we find God speaking to a downcast and dejected Ezekiel, saying to him, can these casualties be brought to life? Can they once again have life restored to them? Can that first love be set alight again? Can they be revived? As he says here in verse 3, he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? We would say no. This this was the Valley of Bones. These bones were scattered about. They were not even in the correct position. Like These weren't skeletons lying whole, but just bones scattered. There was no sinew on them. There was no flesh. There was no blood. Just dry bones, miles upon miles of lifeless, parched, bleached bones. And pretty hopeless But Ezekiel says, I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. You know everything, Lord. I cannot do anything. I know the task is too big for me, in a sense, is what he's saying. If I were able to match these bones together, all that it would be would still just be skeletons. So he's saying, God, you know, I don't know. In Deuteronomy Chapter 32, verse 39, says, See see now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. Showing that God alone has the power to, to take life and to bring life back again. People may struggle on their own from, or in their own ways for many years trying to bring life back or trying to get life, trying to get the fullness of life. And we probably spend a lot of energy doing that, trying to, um, to regain life. But it's on our own, it will not work. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 6, or verse 6, says, The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. A few more scriptures that speak on this as well. <clears throat> John 5, verse 21. As far as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Quickeneth their Obviously, it means to make alive. The Father raises up the dead and makes them alive. We could say, even so, the Son makes alive whom he will. And obviously, he won't make alive someone that 
doesn't want to be made alive. Romans 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. And then also 2 Corinthians 1, verse 9. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raiseth the dead. So God is the only one that can raise the dead. In verse 4 and 5 now. And he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. In other words, God here is speaking to Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, speak the words I will give you. Do as I say. Go when I say go, and these bones will live. And uh, Ezekiel had the faith to, to do what God commanded. He did as he was told, and a miracle happened. I think if we apply that to ourselves, how often does that happen? It happens more than we more than we think, doesn't it? When when we're obedient and we look at a hopeless situation, we think, well these bones are scattered, there's no way they can fit we don't see how it can fit back together or situation in our life we don't see how there can be a solution, but if we have faith and do what God calls us to Often, the puzzles are amazingly short time are brought together. Things, things come together for us as well. Verses 7 and 8. <clears throat> so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. The very same time that he prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and bone came up together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. So there was order, not just any bone joining to another bone, but each bone came to the correct skeleton in the correct place and order. Ezekiel prophesied, and power goes forth, first to connect the bones and then to cover them with sinew, with flesh, then skin. Now there was a valley, not just full of littered pieces of bone everywhere. Now there was a valley full of bodies with no life in them. It's been quite the sight to behold, but there was no breath in them. I think God is still working in the land we live in, in churches around us, there is a noise of rattling of bones for revival. I think this, this rattling of the bones is becoming louder as these last days are approaching. God is 
calling us to be a voice to do what we can to send that call out that these dry bones would rattle and be raised and be fleshed out as well, so to speak. The call of God to his church is very real and uh, and uh, it's important that we heed, heed that call. Often we in our lives may have taken the first step with the result that we end up with the ingredients of life. Everything in our life may be in order, in the correct place, covered with what is needed, but maybe there is still not that life that is needed. The revival starts when the breath of God comes upon the bodies. In verse 9, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. The word used here for breath is ruah, the Hebrew word. It is also the word for spirit. It was by this breath or spirit that life came. That same word or the root, that root word or the form of that word is used in Genesis 1 verse 2 when it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit or ruah of God moved upon the face of the waters. The translators translate this word as breath because the passage is about living, about giving life, which we associate with breathing. No, If there is no breath, then there is no life. The scripture teaches that it is the Spirit of God who gives life, and the Spirit is like the wind. That's why it speaks here of the the wind coming from, or the four winds coming to bring life. Also remember Jesus' words to Nicodemus. You can turn with me to John, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, I think. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Sorry, 5 through 8. And Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the word or the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. <clears throat> this story is not just a resuscitation story. This is God bringing life where there was no life. 
So it is with us. The Spirit of God brings power, brings life in Christ Jesus. When we are in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in us, that which seems impossible suddenly becomes possible. For it is that power, that energy, that force that sees us through the difficulties that Satan brings into our experiences, the difficulties that the world throws at us. We are able to live in them and overcome them. Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. That's a powerful promise that we have, that no weapon that is formed shall prosper against us. And we, it's amazing that we have the access to that power that can, that was able to bring those dead bones together, raise them up, fill them with flesh and, and make them alive. That power is available to us in our everyday lives, discouragements that we face. <clears throat> Dry bones can live, and what seems impossible is possible through the working with God, by following God's word and trusting in God's spirit. Breath comes into the bodies of flesh, and they rise to life, an exceeding great army. Who is this army? What does this vision mean? I think in verses 10 to 14 now, the valley of bones is how the people of Israel would have described themselves. The time they were in was a time of despair, of hopelessness. I think they believed that there was no redemption available to them. It says, our bones are dried up. They were too far gone. At times we also probably feel that way. Our, our bones are too far dried up for there to be any life. There's no hope. There is no redeemer to look to. We are indeed cut off. It is true that Israel had failed, but what is not true is that God had given up on them. He was still interested in their well-being. He had promised that even when they were sent into exile, he would bring them back and do even greater things for them. He always had a plan, even if they couldn't see it. He will redeem Israel yet again as he did in Egypt. He promised that to them. He will be glorified so that Israel and her neighbors will know that he is the Lord. God's intent will not be frustrated. And uh, even more, God will redeem through power. He will speak and dry bones will come together and come to life. He will speak and graves will be opened. Bodies will be raised to new life. Israel, in their dire predicament, were right that that they were in a very bad 
situation. God, in a sense, through this vision, was saying, you are sick. Or I should say he was not saying that you are sick. He's saying you are not sick, you are not lost, you are not injured, but you are dead. He is showing the people through Ezekiel that this situation they were in was very grave and very and very serious. But God had the intent and the power to raise them back to life. He's same promise for us. He has the intent and the power to raise us back to life and to bring us home. This prophecy to Israel was fulfilled. It would take about 70 years for the Jews to be returned. They would settle back in their land and there would there would be a, a covenant with the people. They would again serve and worship God in his temple in Jerusalem. This was this this prophecy was fulfilled, but only partially. The greater fulfillment was still to come. And uh, that prophecy and that fulfillment was when God's Redeemer would come through a strange means of redemption. This Redeemer, Jesus Christ, would himself face death. He would also become dead and then also be raised again from the grave. This Redeemer's grave was opened and he was raised from the dead and uh, as it was later said about him in 1 Corinthians 20 sorry I don't have reference here it says written down but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept for since by man came death by man came also the resurrection of the dead for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. <clears throat> Christ, and then in verse 23, But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming. <clears throat> Our Redeemer has come, he has died for us, he was buried, he has risen and we too shall be raised. He also will return for us. This raising of, of the dead to life is spiritual. Those of us who have accepted Christ's redemption in our lives have been made alive. But there's also the aspect of the future resurrection as well. When Christ returns... In the final judgment, all those that have died, their bodies will literally be resurrected again as well. Think of all the people that have lost their lives, have bones are scattered. Even like even today, when we hear about the mass graves in Ukraine, all those. Bodies will be made alive again in the, someday in the last resurrection. But 
God's purpose for us is to be made alive now spiritually. All people will know that he is the Lord. Sometimes we forget that we were once dead and that our plight was the same as that of the house of Israel. I think we give away that attitude whenever we maybe judge those that are outside of the covenant of Christ when we say, or when we maybe don't say it out loud, but when we think of people, how can they not believe? We think, well, it's, it's obvious. Everybody should be able to believe in Christ. How, when we think to ourselves, how can they act that way? As though we came through our faith, faith naturally or easily. I think we easily forget that we too were once as dead as what Israel was here. You can turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, read verses 1 through 8. Speaking of this, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desire of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. When it says here we had a conversation in time past, it means we we had our lives in that way. We We lived that kind of a life for the lust of the flesh and fulfilling the desire of the flesh. In verse 4, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened or made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I think it's good for us to remember where we were once and how dead we actually were. And it was only through the power of Christ that we were made alive. The wonder is not that why people will not believe the gospel, but why anyone who is dead is able to believe. It is by the power of God that the work of redemption was accomplished. And it is by the power of God that the dead are given the power to believe and to be saved. This is why Jesus said that a person must be born again in order to enter into the kingdom of God. While you are alive, you have hope. There is no sin that we have committed, anyone has committed, that that we cannot be cleansed from. There are no failures that God cannot raise you from. You cannot be too far gone. No one is too dried up that God cannot raise them from the dead. These are precious promises for us to remember and to lean on. 
The words of our Redeemer are true for us. They're true for you if you will but believe them. <clears throat> In uh, John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, is Jesus talking to Martha about Lazarus. Lazarus had died here. And uh, Jesus talking to her. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And also Ephesians 2 verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. I think in conclusion here, we may feel at times like we are in the valley of dry bones in our experience. But just remember that the same God that was able to take these dry bones in this vision that Ezekiel had, this valley full of dry bones, same God was able to raise those up and not just make them complete bodies, but to bring them to life is able to do the same kind of miracles or maybe even greater miracles in our lives. When we feel that we are becoming parched and dried out and maybe at times we feel like we don't have the energy to continue on, just trust in God, pray to him. He is able to make alive continually. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Destruction. But I am come that they might have life and not just a life going through the motion like a zombie, but they might have it more abundantly, a complete, full, vibrant life. Let's strive to have that kind of life. Let's kneel for prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning. Thank you that you have your word. That we can look at the many things that you did for your people in the past, the visions that the prophets were faithful in sharing. There are still lessons for us today as we look at them. Most of all, that you are still as great and as powerful as you ever were. You can still do amazing miracles in our lives. And we realize that the time we are living in is a time, a time of desolation maybe, but it's also a time of hope and many blessings, so many great things that you are doing for us. You can look forward positively realizing that you have a plan and even though we have times to see the just the dry bones around us but you can open our eyes to see live bodies as well and you are able to do that in our lives as well and we become parched and dried out you just have us to look into your word and to, to follow you faithfully and you will give us strength 
and uh, enable, enable us to continue on in the journey. Just pray that you bless each one that was here this morning. We give them uh, abundant life to live for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.